0: Hello and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Exercise is medicine, strength training is stronger medicine. With your host, Batista Gramaud and myself, Stephen Hersey, a.k.a. Dr. Fitness USA.
1: By expanding our vision of exercise, we interface it with medicine and business, bridging the gap between fitness, business and medical professionals.
0: THE SHOW IS DESIGNED TO UPLIFT AND INSPIRE A WORLD OF HEALTHIER AND STRONGER PEOPLE
1: CLICK THE LINK TO SUBSCRIBE AND NEVER MISS AN EPISODE BECAUSE
0: IF YOUR MIND CAN CONCEIVE IT AND YOUR HEART CAN BELIEVE IT
1: THEN DOCTOR FITNESS USA THE SHOW WILL INSPIRE YOU TO ACHIEVE IT Subscribe NOW Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Fitness USA's show. Today, we have an incredible guest for you that is going to make you cry. You're going to be heartbroken, and you are also going to get a lesson in true love and compassion, and it's going to give you a lot of hope. For humanity. Our guest today is Pavel Yitzal.
2: That's right. That's perfect, (laughs) Batista. Perfect.
1: (laughs) Is it okay? That is perfect. Pavel is the CEO of the Fighter Diet Company. He is the number one best selling author of the book True Love and the producer of the upcoming documentary Moment of Impact. Pavel, we are so honored to have you today on the Dr. Fitness USA show.
2: Thank you so much, Batista. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'd like to start by saying um, I understand that you, you brought me on for your, on your show to talk about the book and talk about the weight of strength training and, and yeah. muscles. Um, and it's funny, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch me until I... Um, talked to you last time, Batista, that I actually, I came over to America 10 years ago as a fitness photographer, and I've always loved muscle. Um, that's been my my forte to, to photograph. And I came over, I got hired pretty fast uh, for muscle and fitness and flex, but they only had men in the magazines. So I made it my mission to to shoot women. So we, I shot my ex-wife, Pauline Ordine, which, who is a famous fitness model. And I showed it to Chris Holbrecher, which was, the um, he was the boss at the time, and he loved it, and he put it in, in, in Flex magazine. And from that point on, we had a, a monthly, uh, monthly cover with, with, w- with women muscle. So I've always liked muscle. So it, it just dawned on me last time I talked to you guys that, uh, wow, this is perfect. So, and I love it in the way that I love a, a Greek statue. I admire the discipline and the dedication and all that goes into it, the effort. So, um, yeah.
0: So that would explain why muscles are important to you.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it, it's both from an aesthetic point of view. And then later in life, and especially after the accident, which I'll, I'm sure I'll tell you about more, it became a lifesaver. It really literally saved my life. Muscles literally saved my life when my bones were cracked and, and wouldn't hold up anymore. So yeah.
1: Let's back up a little bit. So you came to America from which, which where are you from originally? From Sweden. Sweden. So you came to America as a famous uh, fitness photographer, and I hear you started the fighter diet company, and then you got married to the love of your, of your life. Then what happened?
2: Yep. Uh, just as a footnote, um, Pauline Ordine, my ex-wife, she is the founder of the fighter diet company, but I help her run it. Um, so what happened is um, I met the love of my life Catherine Portillo. Um, I was highly into fitness for the photographing for flex and muscle and fitness. She was an, a major in the Air Force, and she was a triathlete. She was an IFBB bikini pro. She was a century bicycle rider. So she was just an all-out athlete. So we connected in the in the athletic spirit, and plus she was a beautiful, gorgeous Latina. So how could I not like her? <laughs> so so that was happy. So we yeah. So it was um it was beautiful from the from the first start. It was just a match made in heaven. You know, we, we both were both looking for, for, um, for family. Like I had, a, I had a so-so upbringing and her upbringing was terrible. She was raped multiple times. She was adopted, sent back, sent off to the U.S. Air Force all alone. Just a horrific childhood. So we were both looking for security and safety. And we found that in each other. So, yeah.
0: So what I'd like to know is what actually happened a year later. Right. That asks for you to have the most courage that anyone could
2: have. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, we we were on our way to um to a Christmas party in in uh, Laguna Beach, and we um I had a Range Rover, a pretty sturdy car, and we drove up on the 405. And as I drive up onto the 405, it's we don't see anything, but the whole the whole car all of a sudden just shakes. So it's like a big boom. It shakes and and the car starts drifting. And I, I hold on to the, to the to the steering wheel. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not a big guy, but I'm I'm strong. And I hold on and it just goes, goes like this. So, and I can't control it. So after a while, we would drift onto the side of the road and we'll hit um, a street sign, one of those big signs that says Hollywood 50 miles or so forth. Once, we, when we hit it, boom, I smash, I smash my head into the windshield this way, boom. And I remember thinking, this is gonna hurt. And when I smashed it, that's when I broke basically everything. So I broke my skull, the base of my skull, broke my C1, which is the top vertebrae, which controls the breathing. And then we started to roll. I don't remember the roll. I just remember waking up upside down. So the car rolled three times, landed upside down on cat side. And that's when I woke up hanging upside down and just, you know, pissing blood everywhere. And I looked, looked over at, at my wife, Kat, and she had that Air Force spirit. She was really cool. But she said, um, like hun, I, I broke my arms. You gotta go get help. I broke my arms because that's that's what she thought she had, because she she couldn't move. So um I'm dizzy, I'm disoriented, I'm obviously a and obviously concussion and and everything. So I, I um I crawl out of the car, more more fall out of the car. So the windshield is cracked. So I fall out of the crack windshield onto the ground. And I should have died right there and then because because my head was Literally like a little bobblehead, um, but I didn't. Um, and and Kat again said very calmly, but more fiercely, "Go and get help! Go and get help!" While she is just bleeding out from her leg, which is broken. Um, so I go and there's no one. I wave my hands on the 405. There's no one. No one stopping. So at that point, I just took the decision that that Kat was worth dying for so to speak it sounds melodramatic and and so forth but at that moment it was like do or die because i could i could feel myself fading i i didn't know what was wrong but you you, your blood everywhere you have glass everywhere and you feel your spirit it's sort of leaving your body you don't you have so only so much time so i went straight out onto the 405 onto the highway trying to hail down a car and they swerved around me but no one stopped at that point i was very close to, to giving up, but then um, I don't know, I don't know who this person was. Maybe it was an angel, maybe it was a vagabond, maybe it was a drifter, but someone in, in, in a blanket came up to me and asked me if I needed help. And I, I screamed, call 911, call 911. Some time passed and then they came, the ambulances, the police and everybody. So um, I have yet to meet meet that person or that angel that saved us, but someone did save us. I do credit Kat for everything though, cause she was the one who, I was so disoriented from breaking everything inside that I just didn't know what to do, but Kat put me straight, like Pavel, go get help. Go get help. So that the military military training in her made me made me do that. So Be- um.
0: before the accident happened, you did get married to enhance your love for her. Could you add uh, something? To what happened, to bring that marriage that lasted only a year before the accident happened,
2: yeah, that yeah, so yeah, we've we have only been married one year. Uh, it was it was the most blissful year I think both of us had. we We'd found security and safety in each other's arms, literally in each other's arms, right? And we were, we were both in the peak of our career. I was the number one fitness photographer in America. She was the major in the Air Force. We had a house in Manhattan Beach. We were just jet, jetting away. We were as happy as can be. We were you know, starting to plan a family. We'd go to a Christmas party in Laguna Beach to our affluent friends. Everything was just, it was just rolling the right way. And then this accident happened that basically destroyed everything. And then something good came out of it though, but it took a while for us to get there.
0: When you came conscious, mm. what went through your mind, and what was the extent of your injuries, especially Good. Catherine?
2: Good question. I was so I was put in an ambulance and put and then shoveled off to the to the trauma bay, and in the trauma bay at um, Long Beach Memorial Hospital, I was I was still sort of sort of awake, um, but the nurse. Um, so she took my head and she turned it like this and it turned okay. So, so she said, well, he's, he's good to go. And then the, the, the neurosurgeon came up to me, um, Dr. Farron. And she, first off she yelled at the nurse for moving my head because I could have died a second time right there. And she said, I'm gonna need you to be strong. Your wife is gonna be paralyzed for life. So after that, it was like, you know, th- life literally just goes before your eyes and you have three seconds to decide, okay, either I just go down to the abyss, I just like in the abyss of self-pity and, and never come out or I just, or I courage up and I man up and and, and I do this and I deal with this. And it was, it was literally a split second where I told myself, let's just do this, let's do this. So I told myself, I have to be strong for cat. I have to be strong for cat. So I repeated that three days and three nights. I'll tell you why it was three days and three nights but I repeated it on a loop and I never stopped. So I think that's where the mind muscle connection started to working. Like my mind was telling my body, you got to get strong fast, buddy, because you got to help your wife because she's in big trouble. Because I could still move my hands and feet at that point. It it was just, um, yeah. So I could move my hands and feet. So I understood intuitively that at some point down the road, I was going to be okay, so to speak. Um, the reason I wasn't allowed to move for three days was that I I've bro- I've literally broke everything. So the condolites that, Keep the head up, up on the vertebrae, and the actual vertebrae were all broken, and all the ligaments were torn. So the neurosurgeon said that my head was literally, I was internally decapitated. It was just, it was like this. It was just balancing on a string. But luckily for me, um, none of the nerves were damaged. So it, everything was broken. The nerves were still intact. Um, but they didn't know what to do me, with me. So they had me lay still for three days and three nights with the neck, with the neck thing on. And that's when I started the the mantra. I have to be strong for cat. I have to be strong for cat. and that's that's love. That's amazing love.
0: courage. So, what I would ask you is, when you saw your wife for the first time and saw the vegetative state she was in, what happened in your mind, on your heart, so to speak?
2: It's a tough question. Um, you know, it's a tough question, Stephen, because I, I I, still to this day, I think I, I still to this day, I've not acknowledged it. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think what keeps me going and keeps me driving is that I don't allow myself to think about that. Like I, I obviously, I take care of her every day. I see her every day, I do catheters, and, but I don't allow myself to go down that hole because if I do, there'll be too much pain. So um, even, right when the neurosurgeon told me you have to be strong that's when i started being strong and then i kept at it i just i just never went down the black hole because i knew if i went down i would not come up and by that i mean just shoot myself or kill myself or just leave just you know i don't want to take no part of the responsibility you know it's it's just this huge responsibility just came up on on your shoulders and people don't like to talk about that but you can imagine like we have I have a person that, that can't move. I'm going to take care of her. There is no family not, not, not on my side, and very little on her side, so it can be quite overwhelming. Um, so for to be frank, I don't allow myself to cry that much. It's not because I'm tough. It's just if I start, I, like I don't know when I'm going to stop, if that makes sense. so
0: Yes. What, what was your visual image when you saw her for the first time?
2: Yeah, I was terrible. It was. I mean, awful. She was just in, intubated and she had a trach, which means that a, a machine was breathing for her. Um, a little, they put a little, little hole in her in her throat so the machine can breathe in and out. And a machine was feeding her and breathing her. And, uh, you know, you used to see this strong, beautiful, proud Latina Air Force major in a vegetative state. It's just, it was just bad. It was just, yeah. I screamed at her, I screamed, fight, get, Fight for us, fight for us. And the nurses, um, you know, they let me do that. So I stood there above her and screamed at
1: her. I understand that you started writing as a way of maybe releasing that pain. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, Batista, it was pure. It was pure. Um, I want to say despair, more like more despair and panic. My family lived in Sweden and Um, for a a number of reasons, they they just didn't want to help out. Um, My mother apologized to me six years after for not helping out. On Kat's side, there were some people helping out, but they lived in Belize and Chicago, so they couldn't really be that much with us. So it was me and Kat, and in the beginning, we had um, nurses that were paid from the Air Force. So thank God for the Air Force. But even though you have Caregivers and nurses. This is like you need a village. We have a, a grown-up person that needs help with everything. I'm, at one point, I try to count how many little tasks. is thousands of tasks every day. Each my right, each my eye, each my den, do this, get this, that is need catheter, need healthcare, care, need this. it. It's like a thousand things, like nonstop, and it's an, an intelligent human, like grown-up. It's not a baby. So, um, so I was, I was, and I was running a fighter die at the same time. So, and and. And the cost, when the, once the Air Force stopped paying for caregivers, the cost would be $132,000 a year for caregivers. So that's just caregivers. Then you have, you gotta live somewhere and then you get to eat. So you can imagine, I saw it like, you know, I, I saw, I was in despair. So I just screamed at, on Facebook, like he was the only friend I had. Like I just, I posted and I, I screamed and I emptied my soul there. So I guess, Stephen, that's that's where it came out, you know, in, in writing, so tears came out there. And people responded. I got it. People responded like strangers, total strangers that had had similar experiences came to help, which was just incredible. And that's what the documentary is literally about. Just total strangers owning up, coming, offering help, which which is beautiful, really. Does
0: she know that you are by her side every moment? Is that love still bonded strongly? And what does your day look
2: like? Well, it's let me let me put it like this: the love was tested. Let me say that it's that's I, I call it true love for a reason. But God, it was tested, man. I mean, we went down some dark, dark, dark holes, cat and I. We were screaming some some real truths at each other and stuff you stuff you know about your. Your spouse but you know you can't say that we said all that like all that came out like everything like you yeah. and over and over again and um because of real despair we were just like so we were so hurt and and like the future was gone and we wanted to turn back time but we couldn't turn back time and we turned on each other so it got bad it got really bad um but then it turned so we we managed to turn that ship around and and find the love and and i at first, I didn't want to be a caregiver, Steven. I didn't. I was this. I thought I was this young, cool, hot stud. You know, I had the future laid out for me with my black Range Rover and Rolex watch, and working for Muscle and Fitness. I don't want to be bedside 24/7. Like it was just the opposite to what my life was supposed to be. And obviously, Cat's life was not supposed to be bedridden. She was supposed to be an Air Force major and, and so forth. So it, it took a while for us to reframe our minds and 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 not see it as a blessing, but, but learn to live with it and learn to use what we had and, and make the best of it. So, sorry, I I've, don't know if I answered your question, but.
0: You have answered the question. So <laughs> what does your day look like?
2: Oh. Um,
0: well, we're talking about love and unbelievable turnaround of life. How did the love go stronger in the way that your day uh, rock and rolls?
2: Yeah, it, it turns out that caring for someone is, is really a blessing. It turns out that giving to someone else is, is really the true meaning of life in, in, my, in, my, in my point of view. Um, it took a while for me to get to that point, but once, I, I, once, Kat was really brutal. She's like, what if this was you? What if this was you? And and that got me. It's like, what well, shit. What if this was me? Like, what would I want? What would I need? And that, it's it switched, switched me. Just like I told myself, I had to be strong for Cat. It it switched me, and and I, I became instantly super empathetic and super caring. And and and, and now I get up four o'clock a.m. in the morning at work, and then I wake her up at five thirty. I I um have coffee made. I have um, I set her up in the bed. I, I, she has a computer with touchscreen. She works for the US Space Force now. She has an iPad. She has a phone. So she's got three devices. So give her coffee. We talk a little bit. And then she gets gets going in with, in with her meetings. Um, when she needs the catheter, I do a catheter, get the urine out. And then a caregiver comes in at eight o'clock. And then the caregiver does bowel care because that has to be done every day. And then throughout the day, I go from my upstairs office down to cat and. So it's it's actually a really good life. We created a really good um, good life for ourselves, and we've actually continued like sort of a, like a little um, comeback from from seven years ago. That Kat got a new job for the U.S. Space Force, and I'm I'm back in the game again, again doing documentaries and filming and stuff. So,
0: Pavel, you're just amazing. So, part of the journey back is, I think at one time you actually were in the wheelchair in the beginning. How did you get back into your body physically?
2: Yeah, so what they did, I, I brought a little prop here just to show you guys. Um, so what they did is, this is just the, the upper part of the prop, but they put this, this is called a halo. So, Whoa. So what they do is they, these screws right here. So they they've sat me up on the bedside and then the doc, neurosurgeon, Dr. Farron, came in. She took my hands and she said, Pavel, oh, well, be brave because normally they do anesthesia, but I was wide awake. So they set me up, they put this on me, and then they take a regular Home Depot screwdriver and they drill those right into your skull. And while they do it, I have to to do this with my hands to make sure that they don't hurt any nerves. While the neurosurgeon squeezes on my head, to press, literally press the head down on the vertebrae. Some medieval shit, press it right down. So, and and I'm doing this and just screwing into my head. While they're screwing, they're pumping me full with Novocaine. But first they screw. um they want to see that? I don't know. They hurt their nerves. So um, so that was quite a shock. So um, after that, I was stuck in this halo um, for two months. Um, wasn't allowed to weight lift. I was pre- a pretty buff and lean guy when the accident happened. I lost 20 pounds of muscle r- r- right off the bat. Not so much because I couldn't weight lift, I think, just because the body needed fuel to heal. It was like I... I couldn't walk a step without having a Diet Coke or water or or something to eat like a fruit because it was just, my body was just burning, 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 healing, healing, healing. So I lost 20 pounds fast. Um, once I was allowed to do like bodyweight squats, that, that's all I did. I had bodyweight squats and after a while I had five pound dumbbells. I still did biceps curls outside the hospital, but I was so happy I could do biceps curls. You know, it doesn't matter if it's five pounds, I could, I could lift again. I could lift. And... I know you both know that how how how, um, how it affects the mind. It's just like a dual duality, right? You lift, you get happier up here, you get happier here, you lift more. so um, yeah, so so yeah, yeah.
0: So would you say that strength and your knowledge of strength training and you being involved in being physically fit as a habit in your life contribute to saving your life?
2: yeah, one hundred percent. one hundred percent, Stephen. I think, if Kat and I weren't athletes or athletic, we would wouldn't be here today. Because we were both, Kat was given a ten percent chance to survive the first night. Ten percent. Um, the doctor said actually that I was worse off than Kat, and it sounds horrible for me to say this, but it's the doctor's words. Just because the C1 was broken, which controls the breathing, so if the C1 breaks, just like a millimeter in the wrong way, you can't breathe anymore. So, so, so athleticism absolutely saved us, and then. We had had my, I think the mindset of being athletic and being an athlete saved us. Like we 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 fought. We started fighting. I mean, I started fighting in the trauma bay. Like the minute the doctor told me that my wife's going to be paralyzed, I started fighting. Cats started fighting to get off the um the trach. The minute she realized her situation, she she um she wanted to get out of the trach so she could she could breathe on her own so she could talk. So we just started fighting and, and I, I attribute all the way training to that. So yeah. And then later on, of course, when I get I took off the halo, I could be more free and just put mass on again. And I was, it helped me be strong for my wife. Like it did like physically, I could could I I, I carry her everywhere, like in, at my house. We don't use we get a lift from the VA, but I used to carry her. Like so I, I squat down below 19, just pick her up and carry her when she wants to go. So that takes a little bit of a stamina and some mind muscle connection to do that all the time without tearing a hamstring here and there. So so um, yes yeah strength training and muscles muscles are golden i mean people don't realize how important muscles are like until you don't have them anymore and if if i get going on a little bit of a rant here my wife can obviously don't move so she lost all her muscles so she's just bone and ligaments right now and her, her, her shoulders you can see how the bone they they, they go apart because there's nothing holding them together so if you want to see how important muscles are you can look at my wife and it's it's that's sad. That is a sad sight. And I can speak about it now because it's been seven years. But you really see how important they are for a functional moving body. Without them, there is nothing. You can't you can't move. It's just skeletons, it's just bone on bone and ligaments and so.
3: Dr. Fitness USA's vision is to create a stronger, healthier society of people enjoying vibrant health, unshakable self-confidence, and a sculpted body they'll fall in love with. Our custom-tailored formulas act as the GPS to your ultimate transformation so you can reach your destination faster and safer without injury. The Feminine Body Design program teaches a woman the art of strength training from a female perspective and helps her achieve the feminine physique she always dreamed of having. The Design Formula program teaches men to achieve a sculpted manly physique without injuries. Seniors can tap into the fountain of youth, get a new lease on life, rebuild their strength, and eliminate aches and pains. Those with injuries learn to rehabilitate them, recover mobility, and relieve back, neck, shoulder, and knee
2: now, pain. With working with Steven just in what, four workouts, I think so far, if that. Um, I have no pain in my knees like I used to.
1: Suddenly, a quietness in the mind, clarity. I mean, I don't have
3: back pain anymore. It's amazing.
0: It's really amazing. I'm Bernie Dorman. I'm founder and chairman of CEO Space International, and I so endorse Dr. Fitness for leaders that better life. He does the inside and the outside to make sure you're the best leader you can ever be. And yesterday was already too late to say yes.
3: If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then Dr. Fitness USA can help you achieve it.
0: This is uh, short of a miracle or amazing. We could say that this is a true life event from tragedy to your triumph over impossible odds.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it makes me wonder, Stephen, like what's the meaning with everything and how did we make it and why did we make it? And I gotta be honest and tell you that many times I've wondered like, why did we make it? It wouldn't, it might've been easier just to to not make it, so to speak, because there's been a lot of, um, um misery throughout these years to, to get to the point where we're at now. Now we're obviously grateful. Um, but I wouldn't want this. Let's me okay, let me rephrase and say it like this: if if Cat if it was just me who was in the accident, I would want everything to be exactly the same. I have become a better person. I have become empathetic, understanding, and my, my greatest joy is to help other people not love. <clears throat> obviously not for Kat. So I don't know if that answers your question, but um it, there is a lot of blessings in in what happens. There is for me, there is some for her, but it's tough when when um, when she's paralyzed neck down, so to speak, to to speak about blessings. But we've proven our love and and that's and we have a good life. and and we I know we inspire other people as, and so one of my greatest joys and the, the reason why I'm so thankful for for being on this podcast and talking is is to inspire others and give others strength. And I know they, they get strength when they read my book, they get they get resilient, they get hope. Um, because they see that someone else did it, he did it, and then I can do it. And, and I give them some tips and stuff. So,
0: Can I ask you to define muscles? Because in the real world, people think of uh, stretching, aerobics, fitness, things like that. Uh, they don't really think that they need to go to a environment that actually has weights, and they need to learn how to use them to actually develop real muscle. Uh, running and conditioning like that isn't really the same as having real muscles. So a lot of people don't find that very important. They think, "Oh, I don't need muscles," but really, we do to function properly.
2: Yeah, Stephen, you you know more about this than I do, but yes, we absolutely do, and we need to we need to load the skeleton. Like we need to load the skeleton for the skeleton to stay strong, and we need to load to load the muscles for them to grow and stay there, otherwise they disappear. Like it's, it's ephemeral. We need to constantly take care of them. I would not be able to take care of my wife if I didn't have muscles. I wouldn't be able to lift her if I didn't have muscles. I wouldn't be able to function function as well as I do if I didn't have muscles. And I do that. I, I have a rogue rack in my garage, um, a complete complete barbell and all kinds of plates just so it's close to me. And so I'll never skip a, um, skip a gym session. I can go out there in the morning, in the evening, in the night, whenever I want to. And I do, I never skip a session because it's so close to me. So for me, it's been life-saving. Um, and people get, women especially get scared of muscle. They think it's gonna lift the weight and they're gonna get big muscles. And we all know that it takes a lot to even get a little bit of muscle, so I wish. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so women, women especially should lift heavy not be afraid of muscles. If they lift heavy, heavy, and they eat right, they'll get toned, and they'll look the way they want, and they'll have a healthy, strong, beautiful body, so to speak. And I think we shouldn't be afraid to say that either. That muscles are beautiful. I really think there's an aesthetic um value. Like there's a reason why we have Greek statues looking the way they do. They they're not fat. They're not blobby. They're they're powerful. They're they're you know they're admirable. There's a the reason why they're like that. They're warriors. So
0: yeah. yeah. You so answered that's great. That, wait, wait a second. You answered that perfectly, except can you expand on to get muscles, you actually have to lift weights. That's, that's a, something that's not defined. Okay, I get muscles, but the person at the other end, will modify this, is they don't know that they actually have to lift weights
2: yeah, Steve. You and know two, they two, might two. they
0: might be involved in all these fitness activities or bands at home, but they actually have to lift physical weights, heavier weights. Uh, you know, as time goes on, to uh, heavier weights to actually acquire muscles. So lifting weights equals strong muscles. <laughs>
2: yeah, I have a Stephen. I have a complete um, home gym in the garage um, where I lift weights. I lift heavy weights, and that heavy weights break down my muscles and they build them up with food. And get they get a little bit bigger. And that's, that's a process that keeps on going every day. And, and, and I enjoy the process. There's, there's, um, there is joy in the suffering. There's joy in the suffering of, of, of working out, if that makes sense. Like there's a, there's a happiness in, in the pain of working out. I know this might sound a little off for some, but try it. You might like it and you might like how you feel after your workout you get the endorphin rush and you just feel powerful there's something special about feeling powerful um so and that you get by working out with weights and heavy weights no 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 green blue dumbbells take the black the black strong ones
1: uh, one of the ma- major misconceptions that we get when we talk to people is this uh, lightweight, high reps, or I do yoga, I'm fine, or I walk my dog. So that's one of the message that we want to people to know is that you do have to pick up weight and women heavy weight, I like press 650 pounds. Yes, sir, I make the boys cry. So, I, and last time I checked, I didn't look like a guy, so. Yeah,
2: I was a photographer for Muscle and Fitness and Flex and I shot all the all the most beautiful athletic women in the world. And the, the, IF, the bikini girls even, um, they're so petite and they're so beautiful, but they're strong and they lift heavy just to even get, get that little amount of muscle. So yeah. people should not be afraid of lifting heavy. They should embrace it. Uh, under controlled circumstances, obviously, but it, it brings so many health benefits. Like
3: yes.
2: lowers blood pressure and keeps you mentally stable, I feel. And, and certainly in these times, which are kind of unruly and so forth. So it, it keeps you mentally grounded.
1: Was uh, good nutrition a part of your recovery?
2: Now that's that's a good question, Batista. I did and I didn't. And I'll tell you all about it. I, so since I worked with with a um, company called PhytoDiet, Diet, I had I had some knowledge about what good nutrition was. So so I, I understood that in order to heal, I had to work out as much as I was could and allowed, but I also had to eat right, and I did. I had more or less um, only vegetables and lean proteins, but I did have um, quite a lot of whiskey in the evenings just to be able to sleep. So he, so this is like I'm out of the hospital. I'm alone. It's, it's Christmas. My wife's paralyzed. I've had a halo on. It's bleeding every day from all the holes in my head. So it's, it's quite miserable. So, so I ate healthy, but I had whiskey just in order to sleep, just to don't let my mind go crazy. Once, once I was able to take the halo off and I was able to weight lift more, get, get all that, the stress out in lifting, then the whiskey got lower and the weights got more. So it was like a little pendulum there. So, but yeah, the diet was important. It really was important to, to nourish your body the right way. And the neurosurgeon, Dr. Ferren, said, she meets 6,000 patients every year, 6,000. She said she had never seen anyone heal up as fast as I did. And I'm not saying that because I'm some sort of superhero, it's, that's not it, but I did the right things. I just, I, I ate right, um, I got sleep, even though it was, it was it was vodka induced, I got sleep and and i worked out as much as i could and that those that, that was the trinity to to get to get strong fast
1: is okay so now you are doing a documentary so you are in some ways having to relive the experience yeah. how does yeah, that how does that affect yeah. you now
2: yeah that's correct it's it's really i realized that there were so many people that i never there were so many people that helped us that I never got to say thank you, because I've been so busy taking care of myself to for to be able to take care of Cat. So it's been all consuming. Um, the book was a good therapy for me, and once I got out and became a bestseller, I realized, oh, there's a need here. This 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 the kind of stuff is needed. That not that many people write about this. Um, I, I call the documentary about about the people that helped us a love letter. So it's a love letter to my to my heroes um and i wanted to tell the world about a little bit about them why they helped because i found that interesting like why would they why would they see something on facebook and then reach out message me and and offer to come and help and like help help be with cat help bathe cat help make dinner help stay i mean why would someone do that um so that's what i'm trying to um, examine a little bit and also try to I reconnected with the doctors and, and let them have their say on what really happened and some other, some stuff came out and I'm glad they didn't tell me at, at the point where the accident happened and so forth. So, but it's 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 a love letter to our heroes. That's what it is.
3: Okay. Uh-huh.
2: And then we're doing a feature film, if I can just put that in there. Uh, we have a screenplay ready and we wanna do a, so we wanna do a, a film dramatization of the book. So the, the, the documentary is a little practice run to do a feature film, which, uh, which will be a true love story, Stephen. Um, the story, just as you described it, that, you know, um, against all odds, we made it. And we, we um, yeah, a true love story. That's yeah. Least, yeah.
1: So Pavel, I understand that you have a gift for our audience. Can you talk about that?
2: Yes, Batista, Stephen, I have 10 free copies of my book, True Love and Suffering. So the first 10 people that email you guys will get, we'll get the book mailed to them. So I'm hoping, uh, hoping that can uh, be a good gift.
1: Great. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure that uh, this will touch a lot of people. It's a real, true message of hope and love and overcoming challenges. So do you have like uh, three or four takeaways for people that you want to leave them with?
2: Yes, I do, Batista, I have four four good takeaways. Okay. So um, what I've learned th- through this journey is, I'll start with, with muscles then. I, I really feel um, that uh, physical activity is super important for your health. If something like this were to happen, it'll help you in, on all different levels. Um, so yes, so we're, we're gonna say muscles are number one. And then we have friends, family, and love. Um, it sounds like the cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, right? It is what everyone is looking for and what everyone wants. And for what it's worth, I found all four of them through the accident. So there were blessings. There were blessings. Friends, family, love, muscle. Wow!
1: Amazing.
0: It's been wonderful. Uh, uh, actually, actually, have you say that, after reading your story, uh, it was uh, I got very emotional. And it enhanced my relationship with Batista, that I, I ought to be even a thousand percent more grave, grateful that not only do I have a sensational wife, that less, uh, Lake Press is 650, but uh, I ought to put her as the, look at her as the, the day uh, begins when she wakes up. That's the sun. She, shines and i have a lot of more more compassion towards just life in general or people just by uh, the short i'm saying is your story has inspired me to be a better person for sure thank you
2: stephen thank you i I mean that means a lot it means more than you it means more than you think. I had another husband um, from Belize saying the exact same thing. He said, Pavel, I have a better marriage due to your book. Um, so it, it, and it, it means a lot. And I've, we've spoken once before, Stephen, and you said that sometimes you just lay next to your wife and, and listen to her breathing. And I thought that was so poetic and beautiful because I do the same thing. I, I lay. Cat obviously can't move. So it's up to me to squeeze myself really tight. So I squeeze myself tight to her neck where she can feel me. And we just lay there and we can feel each other's lungs and we can feel, hear each, each other breathing. And uh, I mean, if that's not love and life, I don't know what is, you know. So, thank Wow. You.
1: How would you like people to reach you? I know you have a documentary, you offered the book. So is there a place where people can find you and support you, read your story or get in touch with you?
2: Where would yeah, that be? Uh, true, true love, true love the book. Com, true love the book that if you google that then then i'll come up and uh, or true love and suffering on amazon and then it comes up on amazon so and if the, if people purchase the book the proceeds goes to to cat it goes 100 percent to cat so we we've, we've after seven years we've managed to to handle the nurse costs but you know there's a future and we're trying to save up for a for an uncertain future too so so uh-huh. if you want to do a good thing you can buy a book and support cat so,
1: that that's great and how people would find out about your documentary when it comes out where will they find uh,
2: out about um, that true uh true love the book um Same. com again yeah okay. yeah that is where most most of it action happens and so okay thank yeah. you so much for talking to me i mean you guys are sweethearts you really are, yeah, <laughs> i mean you really are i mean you're you're sweethearts you're tough you're tough people i know you know i know you're tough people but but uh I think some of the toughest people are also the most empathetic people. They, um, you know, they're tough for a reason and they can allow themselves to be empathetic and caring and, and, and talk about love and feelings. And you do. And, and I really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Wow. Pavel, Pavel, do you have any last words?
2: True love. True love for everyone. That's my last word.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for being our guest on the Dr. Fitness Show. Dr. Fitness USA show.
1: Thank you so much for being here and inspiring us and our audience.
2: Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Hello
0: and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Exercise is medicine, strength training is stronger medicine with your host Baptiste Grimaud and myself, Stephen Hersey, a.k.a. Dr. Fitness USA.
1: By expanding our vision of exercise, we interface it with medicine and business, bridging the gap between fitness, business and medical professionals.
0: The show is designed to uplift and inspire a world of healthier and stronger people.
1: Click the link to subscribe and never miss an episode because
0: If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it Then,
1: Dr. Fitness USA, the show, will inspire you to achieve it Subscribe now!